Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks, the podcast of Leif Hetland and Global Mission Awareness. Hello everyone, I'm Leif and welcome to Kingdom Family Talk and I'm very excited today because it is the first time that we also are taking the podcast and we're making it available on YouTube. So, uh, I hope that you're fastening your seatbelt. This is going to be fun. And today I have my dear, dear friend, Joseph Harris with me. Awesome to be here with you. Yay. Thank you for having me. And you're staying in a hole. I am. And that makes me very excited. And it makes me excited because I feel like family now. It's awesome. Thank you, guys. We are. Yes, we are. So I just wanted for people to get to know a little bit about you and your background. Tell me a little bit about just how you were raised. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, my name is Joseph Harris, and uh, I was born in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I grew up in the suburbs of Baltimore, so I wasn't directly in the city. I um, lived there. I probably lived in the city for, for the first few years of my life, and then my mom um, decided to move us out to the county because she didn't want us growing up in you know a, a rough lifestyle. Because um, living in Baltimore is um, it's especially in times like this, it's very interesting. My mom just didn't want us to grow up in that atmosphere. So I grew up in an atmosphere of faith too as well. Um, My mom said I got saved when I was two years old or three years old. Um, And her dad was a pastor. And uh, yeah, so I just grew up in a Christian household, Um, went to a word of faith church for gosh, 25 years. Um, that's That was just my lifestyle. And it wasn't until probably 2008 that I understood the other side of God, like the Holy Spirit and having real relationship with God. And uh, I ended up going to Global Awakening for an event and got met, encountered God in a very real way, which I won't even go into. But um, well, maybe I'll share a little bit about it. I uh, had went to Global Awakening and I had never seen people shaking before, so it like freaked me out a little bit. I'm like, what is this? What's going on with these people? And I was talking to the Lord about it, and I felt something like tied to my ankle, and it knocked me to my leg, knocked me to my knees. And I was like, God, I didn't do that. What's going on? I end up falling over, and this presence of peace just comes and literally and just starts from the top of my head all the way down to my feet. And I felt this, it was unique. It was like this ball of light came and sat on my feet. And that's when that peace came. And I said, God, this is so cool. I got up and I shook for three days and nights. I would be asleep and literally just start shaking. I'd wake up shaking because the presence of God was on me. And from that day to this one, I have fallen in love with Jesus in a real way, you know, because growing up, I, I, I heard a lot about God, but I didn't, I couldn't necessarily say I knew God in a real way. And so that really marked and shaped my life to um, be who I am today. Yeah. <clears throat> I was thinking about uh, uh, what is going on right now with uh, George yes. Floyd. And mm-hmm. yesterday was his funeral mm-hmm. in, uh, and this brutal murder of uh, George Floyd. And in the middle of you have a COVID-19. Yes. Then America seems to be in chaos. And in the middle of that, now it's spread to become a worldwide thing. 
And I've talked to quite a few of my African-American friends, mm -hmm. and it did something with me because I'm realizing that uh, I'm Norwegian from the outside, but still I've never been stopped, like in my city. Yeah. And then I'm hearing one of my friends, well, I've been stopped 10 times yeah. without doing any crime, or yeah. another one of my friends, I've been stopped about 20 times. Wow. So I wonder about just your experience as sure. you grew up. Yeah. Is there any difference because of the color of your skin? Of course, yes. Um, I... I mean, thank God I was never really stopped over that I know of for the based on the color of my skin. But I was treated differently if I would go to a restaurant or if I would go into a you know mall or a store. Um, you know, I was discriminated based on the color of my skin and. Um, where I live, actually in the county, my mom didn't want us being raised in the city because it was so rough. But in the county, they are, there's a lot of extreme racism, unfortunately. And, you know, I've stood at, uh, one time I was standing at a uh, ice cream parlor getting ice cream. And um, someone literally, a group of kids just drove right beside me. Um, young adults drove right beside me, rolled down their window, called me the N-word, said all these horrible things to me, and then just drove off. And the person that was helping me just cried. She couldn't believe somebody would do something like that. And by that point, I was just like, whatever, I don't care. Like, it, I know it's not true what they're saying about me, so I didn't take it. But, you know, facing sometimes on a on a daily basis, just in casual settings, again, like in a mall, you expect to go in to a store and just be treated fairly. Um, one time I was in California at this really high-end store, and I went in to get something, and the lady literally looked at me. She looked me up and down, and she turned around and wouldn't even speak to me the uh the, the person that was the salesperson there. And that's happened many, many times where people would just wouldn't say anything or they would follow me around the store. And um, yeah, you know, or they would, I, actually I was buying something the other day and um, this guy that was helping me, um, I asked him for his recommendation and he pointed, pointed me towards the cheaper things and on purpose, just to show them that I, you know, have substance, I went ahead and just bought like the most expensive things that they had. And he treated me totally different. But he looked at me, just what I was wearing, the color of my skin, and unfortunately treated me based on what I guess he saw was valuable and what I what he thought I had money for. And, you know, but anyway, that's that's kind of been my experience of it. And I don't. I, I know people are good within themselves. They're taught behaviors like that, how to treat people and view them in a certain way. So I don't. while I don't hold things against them, um, I at the same time want to encourage and help people to see people in from a human, human perspective and actually see them valuable. All people are valuable, especially black lives in the situations that are going on right now. What would be some of the advice or perhaps wisdom, <clears throat> because we are in such a political climate, yes. and both you and I, we have a lot of our friends that mm -hmm. are very much involved, and of course we need to influence uh, what is taking place, yes. both with the political, mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of the things that is happening is political. So yes. one of my questions would be, uh, how do we represent mm -hmm. God as an ambassador of love? And at the same time, that love of Democrats, Republicans, black, whites, how do we represent love in a good way? How do we stand firm yes. and still able to love well? Exactly. So, yeah. So how does that look like yeah. for you? I was actually reading that today in scripture in First Peter um, chapter 4. It talks about that, right? And um, I would encourage you guys as you're listening to go and read that because it, it really helps um, format a, 
a healthy conversation about how to respond as a believer first, right? Because we're representing the kingdom of God. We're representing the kingdom of light and love. And the first thing that people are going to see, I can't say that I'm a Christian and say, oh, I can't stand with you because of the color of your skin or because I don't agree with you protesting or I don't, you know, and I agree with protesting, peaceful protest. I love peaceful protesting as a tongue twister, but you know, rioting and, you know, vandalism and stuff like that. I'm not excusing that. Like that's just offense and anger maxed in, you know, you wanting to steal something, (laughs) you know? Um, um, But I, I, my encouragement would be for people, I look at it in two ways. From a human perspective, be there for humanity. Um, it, it's like if someone dies, you don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. You just say, I love you. I'm here for you. Um, how can I help you during this time? Um, and it's important to, to um, convey an aspect of verbal love as well as action. So going to stand, going to, you know, marches and protests that are peaceful and just saying, hey, I'm in solidarity with you. I'm standing with you because I believe that's a reflection of what love looks like as well. It's the physical aspect as well as the saying and the speaking. And um, I believe through that, you know, people will actually see the love of God. They'll encounter love is real. You know, imagine if Jesus said, John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave. Imagine if he just said, I love the world, but I won't show you that I love you, right? Like there's always that action that um, accompanies the words of love. And that would be my encouragement. Like put put your actions to where the the words of love that are coming out of your mouth, show it in your actions as well. I'm interested in what are some areas that you have been set free from or some areas that you have overcome? Sure. I've had the honor of, of uh, hearing some of your stories and that's what captured my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, because sooner or later, we, people are going to get to hear a little bit about your breakthroughs. Sure. But sometimes there's been breakdown before yes. there was a breakthrough. Oh, much breakdown. Sometimes <laughs> you, you have had also winter season. Oh, and my. sometimes we just tell the summer stories when yes. the sun is shining. Yeah. We don't want to talk about the rain. So, yeah. But I know there's so many people out there that are hurting. Mm-hmm. And hurt people hurts people. Heal people heals people. Sure. So I know that sometimes just the vulnerability... When, I, when we were together last yes. time, uh, it was just phenomenal yeah. for me because I feel I could connect. Mm-hmm. He can identify with me when yes, I knew that, that you have also been broken. Mm-hmm. You could connect to some of my oh, brokenness yeah, and that you are an overcomer. So yeah. if you wouldn't mind just sharing some sure, of the stories. Absolutely. That's the power of vulnerability for sure. Um, I, um, I always say when God became real to me, when I experienced that winter season, you know, growing up in church and growing up in a Christian environment, you hear God preached and declared in such a way that everything sounds good. You don't think anything is going to happen to you. You don't think, you know, you'll ever go through certain things in life. And that's not what Jesus promised, right? He said, in the world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I've overcome the trouble that's there, right? And um, in 2012, um, I uh, was uh, engaged to be married. Um, I was moving to another state and the Lord had told me to move. I had asked the Lord um, about it and he told me to do it. I didn't want to do it. I'm like, God, no, I've never moved away from my family. I don't want to go. And um, he told me, he said, you will go. He said, but you won't go for very long. You won't stay there for a long time. So I ended up getting ready to move. My mom has a a massive stroke, um, which left her paralyzed on her left side um, a few weeks 
maybe days before I left. And I even said, I'm not going then. I have to stay home, you know, because I'm very close to my family. And he told me, nope, you're still going. And so I ended up going. And while there, um, the Lord um, put it on my heart um, to go back home to visit during the holidays and stuff like that. So it had been a couple months later. And at the same time, I was going on another trip with a, a friend of mine. And when I was buying my plane tickets, the Lord told me, he said, I want you to buy your ticket to go home. And I said, that's what I'm doing. I'm going back to the state that I moved to. He said, no, I want you to buy your ticket to go home to Baltimore. I said, I don't live in Baltimore. I live in where I was living. And he said, one more time, buy it to go to Baltimore. And I didn't. Um, my fiance and I end up breaking up during Christmas and we knew we were supposed to be together because we had encounters with the Lord. We had the word of the Lord on it. We knew we were supposed to be together, but we chose not to love each other in the way that we needed to be loved. And that's literally why we're not together today. We could both tell you that. And she's happily married and I'm really close with their family still and with her and her husband and their children. They're great friends of mine. Um, but during that time, I was being challenged on what I knew God had spoken to me. But the reality that I was facing was not that. And it started this downward spiral for me where I started to question anything that I'd ever been told, anything that I'd ever believed, anything that would ever been you know, preached to me or I'd ever read or been spoken to me, it started to cause me to question. And to the point where I'm, I was so dark, I had convinced myself um, I wanted to distance myself from any voice that I'd ever heard, including my family. I called my mom. Mind you, she had just had a stroke. I called her and told her I didn't want anything else to do with them or my family. They would never see me again. I just distanced myself from everyone. And I just committed to, to myself that I would just go somewhere and commit suicide and um, that just be the end of it. And the enemy really, like, I remember him coming and sitting on my shoulder when I finally I picked up the phone and was trying to, you know, go back home um, during that time and because uh, I was on a, another trip. And when I'd called my fiance at that time, she said, what are you coming back home for? There's nothing for you to come home to. And I kept saying, but we, we, we know what God spoke to us. We know what he's saying. And she said, no, we must have missed God. We must have missed God. Otherwise, this wouldn't be happening. And when I finally agreed with that, this presence came and sat on my shoulder and it was like something was stroking that feeling and it's a, I knew it was the enemy and he said um oh like I, I feel so bad for you and if you miss this how do you know you've ever heard God how do you know if anything you've ever heard is right and I'm like that's true that's my reality right now and he convinced me to to just end it all and so I was literally getting ready to go do that and uh, I'm thankful for my, one of my good friends. Um, she's a, I would call her, she doesn't fully live for the Lord. She might be a little carnal, <laughs> but God used her in that moment to kind of shake me back to reality. Wow. And um, she did, and another friend, I was in Atlanta at the time, um, and uh, they, she came to me and she just spoon fed me the word. She spoon fed me the promises that God had spoken to me. And she just affirmed, no, you do hear God. People have choices and you just decided not to do. She decided not to, you know, yield to what God actually has said. And it, it, it caused me again to really understand that God does speak and that things happen, things change, but that does not defy who God is. That does not defy his word. Does God always get what he wants? No, not necessarily. There are plenty of people in 
you know, hell right now that he desires to be in heaven, but if they decided not to be in relationship with him and he's given us that power of free will, there's nothing he can do about that, right? So it, it taught me a valuable lesson to experience God in a real way, to value the voice of God and know that he does speak. He speaks very clear. And then when all of it was said and done, I was, um, um, I'm leaving a lot of it out, but just for the sake of time, but I had flown back home and I was sitting in my um, um, prayer you know, room and I was talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, please talk to me about it. And he began to tell me, he said, you didn't listen to me, number one, when I said to buy your ticket to go back home. You didn't know that your you know, fiance was going to break up with you, but I did. So he was trying to spare me some of that heartache and trouble. And um, so I missed it there. And then he told me, he said, and you didn't ask me how long because I told you when you first moved that you wouldn't be there for a long time. He said, so you next time learn to ask the details. Ask like, hey, you spoke this to me. Now I'm taking it back to you and inquiring of the details. And then after all of that, he said, I want to let you know you did a good job. He yeah. said, because you picked up everything and did, moved your life, everything, just because I told you to. Wow. And he said, your future will always be secure and guaranteed just simply from doing that act of obedience. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the winter season that I've had. And I thought also one thing that was fascinating for me, mm-hmm. it was right after you shared that story, uh, we had some time to pray for people. Yes. And I stood, I still remember it was one lady, she just was weeping. Yes, 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 yes. And your testimony did something and that person was suicidal. And I was actually at that moment, it's like the spirit of prophecy. God started to stir up something Mm -hmm. to her. But we didn't know how to get the breakthrough and the connection. She just had this spirit of death. And I know there's people watching. Watching, That's probably why I'm doing that. When you suddenly feel like you're just, you're being just being overwhelmed by darkness. You you don't see any purpose for life. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in that situation, I just know that lady. And from me, I didn't know, but I gave her a picture that I had. And I didn't realize afterwards, she just wept and shook. And afterwards, she showed me, and she had a tattoo of the very picture. Oh, my And so she had had that promise on, but she had forgotten about the promise. Mm -hmm. So your story, it was two people specifically that experienced healing and life and breakthrough when they were in the middle of their breakdown. So I think that sometimes God even allows us to go through some processes so we can help people through processes. Because if you just had a breakthrough, you Mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to understand even other people if he just did it right there. Exactly. I'm interested also because there's some Something that people don't know. I know you are a pastor. Yes. You are a phenomenal worship leader, oh, a worshiper. You, You're one of the people that I know that can hear Papa's voice mm-hmm. declare. So you have learned to listen to God's voice. But then you have another gifting, and that is <laughs> food. Yes, When sir. did food come into your life? And yeah. tell us a little bit about how did you enter into this challenge? Because we're yes. going to learn about it. You went on Food Network. I did. And let us hear a little bit of that story. Sure, yes. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, shortly after... After that whole dark season that I just shared, um, I um, was in Florida leading worship with Steve Swanson, and um, we were at Global Awakening with Randy Clark. He was doing his um, uh, Voice of the Apostles. And um, while I was there, or right after I got home, um, I got an email from the Food Network, and they had asked me if I could come and audition for this new TV show that they were starting. Now, mind you, I have no idea how they got my information. I don't know anything like that. I would post pictures on my, you I know. I've tasted some of your food, so I can understand <laughs> <Yeah>. why. <laughs> 
But all, all they, I guess they were just going off of pictures and stuff. So I didn't even believe it was real. Um, I showed my assistant, Sean, and he was like, just try it. And showed my pastors at the time. And they were like, yeah, just go ahead and try it. I sent in everything they had asked for. They called me within, the, within an hour and they said, you're exactly who we're looking for. We'd like to bring you in for an audition. And um, it was a couple of months of really intense auditioning. Um, they would ask me to do things while I was traveling and still ministering and all this different stuff. And I just had a witness in my heart that I wasn't supposed to give up the dream of what maybe God wanted to do in regards to food. And I didn't even realize the fullness of what that would look like. And um, I was picking up a friend of mine at the airport. And while I was there, uh, another friend asked me, he said, hey, well, tell me about this competition um, I'm, uh, you're going to be a part of. And what's the prize? And I told him. And I said, wait a minute. I didn't tell you anything about a competition. And he said, I know. I just saw in my heart that you're going to win this competition and you're going to win the first prize. And I was like, okay. I hadn't even been, you know, um, confirmed to be on that show at that time. But shortly after that, they invited me on and they told me, the executive producer told me, she said, you can't tell anybody this, but she said, I'm a pastor's kid. And they kept saying, there's this light coming out of him that... It's just something different about him. And she's like, I know what it is. So she said she fought for me to be on that show because they said, we want whatever that is to be displayed in the show. And uh, so she said, that's why we hired you. So she said, anytime you need to pray, anytime you need to go, you know, whatever, they're like, we will allow you to do that. So God gave me that ability to, to really seek him and encounter him again as real during that time. And I'd be in different challenges and... Uh, be trying to do different things. And I'd never done anything like that before. I always said I would never do a TV show like that um, because it's challenging. You know, you have 30 minutes to 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 make a, a, a dish, a dessert with um, tortilla chips or beef jerky. That was one challenge. <laughs> that was just, just stupid to me, you know. But um, God taught me really how to hear his voice even in that. I would see, you know, a, a word of knowledge uh, come to my heart and I would see a picture of the finished dish and I would just do what I saw. And my mentor, Bobby Flay, would tell me, he's like, that's, that's, that's actually right. That's so cool how you would do that. And God used it as an opportunity to minister to them too as well. Um, we've since have, you know, um, started a good relationship and praying for him and just ministering to him. And he told me, he's like, you're just different. You're not like everybody else. You just, you love a certain way. And I was able to just share Jesus with him. And um, lo and behold, at I made it all the way to the end, ended up becoming uh, the first prize, uh, first place and winner. What was the name of the program? Uh, it was called um, All-Star Academy. All-Star Yeah, wow. All-Star Academy. And now I'm the best home cook in America. That's the title they gave me. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. awesome. And what is even more amazing tonight, yeah. guess what? If you live in Atlanta, no. No, I'm no, give no. You my no. <laughs> tonight, here's what I had an opportunity uh, is to actually have the choices of what you're going to cook for today. Yes, you did. Jennifer and myself, yes. she's on a little bit more strict diet yes, than me, yes. so I had the freedom. Yes. But I'm interested in a different topic connected to that. 
Because again, if you're saying, what is your special sauce? I yes. use that language. Yes. But everyone have a special sauce. Yes. And it's kind of like getting around you. And, uh-huh. and, and I know that you know the language of love. Yes. Well, but it's like you're getting closer and closer. It's like mm. I go to an Italian place yes. and I would drive an hour to go there because of their special sauce. Me too. And each individual carries special sauce. There's mm. something that people get to taste and see how good God is. Yes. I'm calling it, it's kind of the destiny, yes. what you can bring to the table, yes. even in regard to the giftings mm-hmm. and who you are and the value that you carry, the special sauce, and for yes. people to develop into uniqueness, because I think that was so precious for you that you, are, you have found, if you can say, your special lane, you're bringing glory to God in yeah. food, in worship, there's yes. several things that you do. Yes. So what would be something you could say, even for people, different ingredients, but what are some of the ways people can find their special sauce, their yeah. uniqueness, their yeah. gift to the world? Uh, I always well, say just finding out, number one, starting with what you're passionate about, what you do naturally, you know, the things that people enjoy about you. So if you are a good, you know, conversation starter, maybe it's God going to use something to do with your speaking or with your mouth. You know, if you um, um, are a good cook, you know, and people love you baking things and making things, I think start there. Start if you enjoy writing, you know, that just came up in my heart. Like if whatever you're passionate about, like God's made it so easy um, to, to pursue the desires that he's placed inside of you and what you're actually good at doing. And, you know, some people want, you know, we always, people try and aim for a big stage, a big platform. No, just aim for what you're good at. And then through aiming for what you're good at, God will take that and give you a platform. Oh, that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I also know that you're operating prophetically if you get pictures. Sure, yeah. Papa's voice. Mm-hmm. But I felt also we're going to take a few moments, even for some of our family that are listening. We're still in the middle of a uncertain season. Mm-hmm. You have two primary things, COVID-19, yes, and, and you have the, this chaos mm-hmm. that is going on in regard yes, to some of the horrific things that is taking place. Mm-hmm. So even there are some people that are watching right now. I think we should just even ask the Holy Spirit because yeah. I do know that there are some people that are out there that God is about to meet you. And even in the yeah. middle of your dark night of the soul, yeah. that you're going to get light today. In the middle of your winter it's season true. that you are about to see. I saw very clearly the scripture verse, hope deferred had made your heart sick. Yeah. And there's people that are out there. You have lowered your expectancy because you didn't want to live with disappointment. Yes. And you've been afraid of hoping. And I just seen that God is lifting the lid off your uh-huh. life because it is time for you to dream again. Yeah. For those who desire and dream again, it is the tree of life. So I'm just blessing you even as I've been listening now to Joseph and that as he has been just going on a journey to develop and actually finding his special sauce, but also he took some risk. He stepped out of his comfort zone, put his eyes on Jesus, and as a result of that, was able, even what he loved to do, bring glory to God with cooking. I'm just praying for you who are watching there that you're going to find the uniqueness. There's something that you carry that the world is just waste. The world is just waiting for them to be able to taste of that. So they get to taste and see how good Papa God is yeah. as a result of it. So Joseph, I just wanted you even just to pray or release sure. something over. Yeah, Lord, we just thank you for every person that's watching. We thank you for the manifestation of your presence that's real. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you just come right now and fill that space where every single person that's watching is. And I, as Leif was talking, I kept seeing like the scales that fell off of uh, Paul's eyes or when Jesus 
Jesus, you know, healed the blind. And I just saw scales being peeled away and falling off people's eyes. As you get a manifestation of, of, of looking at the image of true love, looking at the image of the Father, looking at the image of, of Him looking at the Son, the value that He places on Him and the value that the Father places on the Son. Um, I just keep seeing like through that value, God will cause these scales to fall from your eyes, especially during this dark time where races are going against races and even churches almost are going against churches. And the enemy is trying to blind the eyes of believers. He's trying to blind the eyes of people, you know, and in this time, I feel like God wants to remove the scales off people's eyes so that they can remember and return to their first love of loving the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then through that love, loving their neighbor as they love themselves. So Lord, I ask that scales be removed today. I ask, Lord, that change, radical change comes forward as you minister what love looks like to us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Joseph, I love you. Oh, man, I love you so much, Papa Leif. That was awesome. (laughs) That's good. Wow. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Yeah, and then we're going to make sure that you have an opportunity to connect with Joseph and just follow him and in what he is doing. So we're making sure that you send an email to share what God is doing in your life. We would love to hear from you. Love you guys, and uh, I look forward to the next episode where actually Joseph, he's going to interview me and ask me some challenging questions. <laughs> Come on, that's going to be awesome. Give me five. Yeah. Yay. <laughs>